0: Hey there, it's Josh, and for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen Please Listen to How Plasma Waste Converters Work. It is one of those unsung sleeper episodes that may prove to be one of the greatest Stuff You Should Know episodes of all time. It talks about technology we had never heard of until we came across it and started researching it, and still to this day, Five full years later, it is just as mind-blowing to me as when I first heard about it. So check out, please listen to how plasma waste converters work.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Guest producer Noel is here. Knowles moved in.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Is that what that that cot is on the floor? (laughs) He works constantly. Uh, You know what my superhero nickname was as a child? Uh, I'll tell you. Plasma Boy. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was a weird joke. (laughs) Why? We're talking about plasma. Plasma Boy? Yeah, like uh, Radioactive Man and Plasma Boy?
0: Right. Yeah. But it wasn't Plasma Boy. It was, um, what was it? What, what was the about? sidekick's name? Radioactive Man Sidekick. Oh, I was just. That using Bart that played. As a reference. Uh, now um, I want to know, dude. <laughs>
1: well, the answer is Fallout Boy? That, that's a band.
0: I know, but I wonder if it's based on that.
1: Oh, maybe. I don't know.
0: Huh.
1: We'll find out, won't we? Well, we'll look it up and then we'll find out with a million emails. So, um, Plasma Boy, huh? I wish. (laughs) You must
0: have an affinity for this episode then. Yeah, it's great. Chuck, you know uh, when lightning strikes the earth? We did a pretty awesome podcast on lightning. Mm -hmm. Do you remember we talked about how it literally rips the sky open? Yeah. It rips the atmosphere open. Yeah. And as it's traveling down through this ripped open atmosphere, the air on either side of this stuff is superheated to about 20,000 degrees. It's more than three times the surface temperature of the sun. Yeah. Celsius, I should say. Celsius, not even Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah, it's about 12 grand Celsius, roughly. It's super hot, right? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Fahrenheit. Does it say Fahrenheit? Yeah. 12 grand Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay.
0: At any rate, 20,000 degrees Yeah. is lightning. And this, the, when the air is superheated, it takes on what's commonly called the fourth state of matter, plasma, right? Yeah. So you've got solid, boring, liquid, the gas. Awesome. Okay. But plasma is super awesome gas. Yeah. It's, it, it's a bit like a gas and usually it starts out as a gas, but it, it holds an electromagnetic field or it creates an electromagnetic field, and it holds an electrical charge. It has free-roaming electrons that's running through it, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It just basically breaks gas into like this this crazy, weird, different type of fluid, and that's plasma, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, ionized gas. Yes. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Super high temps, like you were saying, Uh and because it's a super high temp, what it can do is it can break down uh it can it can it can cause something solid to undergo what's called molecular dissociation, yeah. which means it's not just burning something it's no. not melting something right it's actually exposing it to so much heat that the molecular bonds break apart and it becomes a pile of its components,
0: yeah, and it breaks it down to from its compound of molecules to its atomic components yeah
1: yeah pretty amazing
0: it is very amazing um and it's like you said it's not it's not um burning like this process of um using a plasma torch to break something down to decompose it Mm -hmm. is actually what it's doing um, doesn't even need to use oxygen. Nope. Um, so th- it w- that means that it's a process called pyrolysis, which is intense, intense heat that creates decomposition in some sort of matter, especially organic matter. Yeah. And um, as a result, you get these byproducts. If it's a an, an organic piece of material, say like some corn stalks that sure. you're using as biomass feedstock. Um, it will become something called syn gas.
1: Yeah, synthetic gas.
0: Right, and then uh, if it's something like an um, uh, uh, old pair of roller skates,
1: yeah, we'll save those first of all. Well, don't what plasma what torch if They're them. just
0: not very good any longer. All right. So the leather is was at one point organic. I guess it would still be considered an organic material that turns into gas. Yeah. The, um, metal in the skates, mm-hmm. that will turn into something called slag. Yeah. Right? And it, it undergoes a process of vitrification. De- yeah, it does. Vitrification is where this, this stuff becomes so, the bonds break between it so thoroughly. Yeah. That it becomes basically a form of glass.
1: Yeah. Like volcanic glass almost is at least what it looks like. Yeah. Like obsidian. So, all this sounds great we're kind of beating around the bush about what a plasma torch can do.
0: Right.
1: Um and here's the big the big bomb. Boom. Plasma torches can burn garbage and waste.
0: Yes, and not only that. They can burn it without combustion, which means there's not a bunch of smoke. Yeah. And they can actually harvest the energy in that garbage yeah. in incredible ways. Yeah. Cuz it turns out Garbage is chock full of potential energy. Yeah, You can release that energy when you burn it, like just regular incineration. Sure. But you only can maybe net about 15% of the energy that's locked into this big pile of garbage in like a landfill, right? What a waste. With using a plasma torch to create pyrolysis or gasification, mm-hmm. you can net up to 80% of that energy that's locked in there potentially crazy.
1: into garbage. So what we're talking about is a potential future where we are using plasma torches to create uh, energy, to sell back to the grid, Yeah. to create steam, to turn those turbines like we're always right. still just knocked out. Yeah. That's how you create energy these days. Yeah. I'm sorry, electricity. Sure. Uh, and then sell off byproducts as well and make more money.
0: Yes, it's it's... I, like, I cannot be more excited
1: about this. And medical waste, chemical waste. Yeah. Throw it in there. Yeah. In fact, you know what? Throw anything you got in there, daddy, except for like radioactive uh, material. You got a,
0: you got a swine flu outbreak. You take those pig carcasses, you throw them into yeah. the uh, gasification chamber. There is no swine flu left. It is
1: totally gone. Or how about this? I'll bring it to your farm. I'll have a small one set up. Yeah. You got a swine flu outbreak. I'll come to your farm. Sure. And I'll burn up all those nasty pigs. Right. You got some toxic waste?
0: Oh, well, we'll just burn that. Yeah. In a gasification chamber, and we'll break it down to its inner components. It's not going to hurt anybody no more, little lamb.
1: <laughs> I guess we keep saying burn.
0: Well, it's really tough not to. But yeah. Yes, you're right. So we'll say torch. Torch.
1: Yeah. Nice. All right. So let's talk, Strickland wrote this, Jonathan Strickland of Tech Stuff, and he did a great job. As always. And he seemed to be as excited about it as we are when he was writing it. Right. Because how can you not be? Uh, Let's talk about some of the parts of these things. The first thing that he points out that we should point out is that um, any plasma conversion gasification facility Mm -hmm. is going to be unique to its own needs. They're all custom built at this point. There is no standardized unit. There are some companies that
0: are starting to, like Westinghouse has some that you can just, like, what amounts
1: to off the shelf? The backyard gasifier? Pretty much. <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, they,
0: I think they have, like, three different models, although they, I'm sure they will custom build you whatever you want.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but at, at any rate, when he wrote this, they weren't super standardized, and that's good that we're going toward that. But um, so what we're going to talk about, is you know, sort of depends on the system. Sure. But... Uh what you're probably going to have is a conveyor belt. that's going to move the garbage <laughs> right. into the converter.
0: Yeah, it's going to play that Bugs Bunny Powerhouse song.
1: Uh oh man, sometimes they will pre uh treat the stuff like although you could if you had a big enough um machine you could throw an entire car in it, let's say. Yeah, but sometimes it's more efficient to break that car down Sure. and have a pile of tires and a pile of scrap metal. Yeah and break it down to its components just to make it more efficient.
0: Yeah, because it's going to use a lot less energy to break it down into smaller parts yeah. and then feed it into the uh, the um, plasma torch incinerator than it will to just torch it with the torch. Because these things use a lot of energy. Yeah. A lot of energy.
1: They probably save that for when the investors come by. Right. They're like, watch it. You yeah, drop the car in. <laughs> now you see it. Now you don't. Uh, you have your furnace, of course, and uh, Strickland says this is where the magic happens um because you don't need oxygen. it is airlocked and airtight mm-hmm. um, junk goes in, but the heat doesn't escape into the atmosphere or the gases or the byproducts
0: which again, that is really saying something yeah. about the material science that's gone into this because these things are burning at like or heated to six thousand degrees Fahrenheit, so again. Celsius, yeah. like the temperature of the sun yeah. in this little in this canister right here. That's amazing.
1: I'm surprised you don't have plasma weapons for real. I, I think it's really great that they don't. I looked into it. it it's like the realm of video games, of course, mm-hmm. like plasma guns and stuff. Man. Uh, so if uh, you have a furnace, which you will, you're going to have the plasma torch, which is in the lower like half of the furnace, let's say. And they're also going to have some drainage for that slag and some uh, venting for the gas, and it's going to be water-cooled.
0: Yeah. One of the things that came across to me in this uh, researching this is these things frequently have, like, really elegant designs, right? Yeah. So, like, you have a drain for the slag, which, again, is the molten metal that's broken down to like, its constituent parts. It's inorganic material. And depending on how you treat it, it'll turn into glass or sand or nodules, right? Or asphalt. Yeah. Yeah. and then you have the, the gas going up, but you also, you, and you're draining off the slag, but you're also keeping some in because it forms basically a coke bed yeah. that keeps the, the furnace hot. Which means you have to use less
1: energy. Yeah, in your
0: uh, in your plasma torch.
1: It's like a, having your own little lava bed, right? Just sort of sitting there, exactly eating things up.
0: So that's pretty cool. But eventually, you're going to probably want to get some of the slag out of there because you're going to do cool things with it, which we'll talk about later. That's right. The plasma torches themselves are clever, amazing little instruments. It's basically a uh, it's a lightning creator. Yeah. Like They use an, an electrical arc. They push usually just plain old air through it yeah. so that this electric charge heats the air to these 6,000 degrees, turns it into plasma, and then that's what's directed into the furnace. That's crazy. It is very crazy, but that's that's what they're doing. It's a little water-cooled torch that, that gets super hot. Uh, it, it also doesn't use any kind of oxygen for combustion.
1: Right, and also these things you you want to turn me on with electrical stuff is show me a system that powers itself. Right. That I just love that more than anything. And these facilities um I mean they've got they've got excess energy to spare. Right. Afterward not only can they power themselves. Right. In a lot of cases they they're selling uh back to the grid. Right.
0: So once you've got this initial input where you get this thing going online and you heat that plasma torch up for the first time the moment you start feeding feedstock into it, which in this case is garbage, plain old municipal solid waste from your landfill. Back to the future. Right. Um, Right when you start feeding that, it starts to produce energy. Yeah. And the way that it does that, that gas that escapes syngas. Let's talk about syngas, dude. Yeah. Syngas is a beautiful, amazing, elegant thing. It has, uh, it's combustible. In yeah. its untreated form. Mm-hmm. So you could use it to burn like natural gas, although it has about half the energy density of natural gas. But if you're burning, um, garbage, it's just basically free natural gas. Yeah. It's a byproduct. You can also treat it and scrub it and just release it into the atmosphere as inert gas. Yeah. No problems with that.
1: Water, water scrubbed. Right. Yeah.
0: But when the syngas exits the, uh, the furnace, it's, it wants to expand. So if you're a very clever engineer, you'll put what's called a gas turbine right there. Mm-hmm. A gas turbine is spun by expanding gas. Yeah. Well, you've got plenty of that stuff, right? So you've got the syngas going through the gas turbine, spinning that, so it's generating electricity. It's also very hot. So once it goes through that gas turbine, it can be caught by what's called a heat recovery steam generator, right? Yeah. And that's just got some water going through it, and it uses hot this hot heat gas. Mm-hmm to turn the water into steam. Well, that in turn turns another turbine that generates even more electricity. And then at the end, before you even treat it, you have all the syngas that could be used to fuel a combustion engine to generate even more electricity, all from burning garbage.
1: All right, we have to take a break because I have to peel Josh off the ceiling (laughs) (laughs) because you're so excited about syngas. I am. All right, we'll be back in a sec. feeling buddy you okay i'm so excited
0: <laughs> this might as well be ocean currents oh yeah you like
1: that one too huh yeah that's good uh all right so we we're talking about sin gas you need to scrub it uh with water they uh, pass passes through a spray of water mm-hmm. you're actually cleaning gas which is pretty interesting as a concept mm-hmm. and then there are all measure of filters um afterward to remove uh acids and things like that which do form uh weird byproducts like salts Inert yeah, salts.
0: it's pretty neat. If you run it through a base scrubber, it turns into salt. But they're again inert. Like just go ahead, pick up a handful and eat it. See what happens. <laughs> Probably nothing.
1: And if you use an afterburner, sometimes they'll use a secondary burner, mm-hmm. uh, which is actual just natural gas flames, I guess, to finish the job. Maybe.
0: Yeah, to burn off like any um, particulate matter in okay. the gas. Like if the if the the um, the process didn't it. It, the syngas isn't like pure, right? This this basically burns off particulate matter, or you can scrub it too. And if you're doing all this, you're probably just going to release it rather than try to trap it and use it for combustion, right? If you're going to scrub it, but you do need to scrub it, especially if you're going to release it in the atmosphere, because it does contain some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, the cadmium, mercury, a lot of heavy metals. Because remember, what what this process does, the plasma torch and the gasification process breaks these things down into the con- their constituent um, atoms and molecules, right? Yeah. And heavy metals and and um, some other things are not really good for us, even in their most basic form. So yeah. for the most part, it's going to take something that, uh, chemically speaking, was once a threat but has been broken down to its separate innocuous inner components. Right. Some things, even when they're at their most basic level, are still dangerous to us, like cadmium, like mercury, like other heavy metals, and these things do have to be taken out of the slag, and/or the syngas and disposed of. The thing is, is if you put a thousand tons of municipal solid waste into one of these furnaces, you're only going to get about twenty tons of that stuff. Right. So, if so, we will still need landfills or something like that, but it will just be for these very. Um, dangerous chemicals or very dangerous like heavy metals or something like that. But you still got great stuff out of the other 980 tons.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the byproducts we talked about, the syngas, uh, the slag, and the heat uh, are all used, or not always used, depends on what you're trying to do with your plant. But they can potentially all be used. And um, the slag, I think you already said, you're getting 80%. So that means the weight of your resulting slag is only 20% of what you started with. So you took that Buick, uh, and it now weighs 20% what it formerly weighed.
0: Right, you could pick it up if you wanted. Yeah, maybe so. Probably should wait for it to cool <laughs> down first.
1: Though. And the volume is only about 5% of the original waste volume. Uh, and like you said, it looks like volcanic glass, and they can use it in asphalt and concrete. Mm-hmm. They can pour it directly into molds and make paver stones. Right. And it's all of a sudden, it's... uh it's a it's something that you would find at your big box hardware store for your garden. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing.
0: Another um potential creation that you can use slag for is to turn it into rock wool.
1: Oh man, I love this stuff.
0: Right, like so as this molten slag is coming out, if you expose it to compressed air blasts, it turns into this thready, very light but also very strong wool type yeah. material, like gray cotton candy is how um how Strickland puts it. Yeah. And there's a lot of uses for it. Like you can use it in hydroponics. It's a, it's a growing medium. Um, you can also use it as insulation. Apparently it has twice the insulating properties of, um, uh, fiberglass.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. It is. Um, and you can also use it to clean up oil spills. It says.
1: Yeah. This is the one that really gets me going. It's lighter than water. So you can just throw it on water and it'll sit there. Yeah. And it's super absorbent. So it'll basically, what they'll probably do is contain it in something like a, a, a tube or something, and then just throw that tube in a big circle around an oil spill. Mm-hmm. It'll float on the water, soak up the oil. Um,
0: and then you just go back and scoop up the rock wall.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh I had a friend that used to work in um, – I need to look that up and him up, actually, because I don't know where it went. But they were using banana fibers to do the same thing huh. to clean up oil spills.
0: Didn't we do one on oil spills and, like, your friend, you emailed with them or something like that about it?
1: I don't know. I feel like we did. It seems like the distant past. But here's the cool thing about the uh, the rock wool. They currently use it. It's not just something that you can only get as a byproduct of uh, creating the syn gas. Right. It is uh, produced by mining rocks. You melt it down and then spin it sort of like cotton candy, like you said, yeah. in a big machine. And here's the the cool thing about the uh, gasification, though. The way they make the rock wool now, it's about ten cents. I'm sorry, about a dollar a pound. As a byproduct, it could be sold for ten cents a pound.
0: Plus, you don't have all of the um, the disturbances in the earth of mining rocks to turn into rock wool. It's a byproduct of garbage that you're burning.
1: That's great. It's it's amazing.
0: This is like win, 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 win.
1: The slag is not leachable.
0: That's another cool thing that
1: I found too. Yeah. So
0: Strickland specifically said you can't do this with radioactive material. I have seen that you can. Oh, really? Yeah. And what, what you can do is it'll turn it into. This slag, the subsidian glass, and while it's still radioactive it 's not going anywhere it's not going to leach out into the soil, yeah, and it shall it should be stable like this for thousands of years, conceivably until the radioactivity is not harmful to humans any longer oh, interesting. so it'd be a really great you could just turn it into these radioactive paver stones that <laughs> yeah, that might even glow at night you'd have a nice little <laughs> path in your backyard. And it'll glow. There's actually (laughs) glass like that. I can't remember what its technical term is. But in the mid-20th century, Uh there was a big trend for radio. They called it Vaseline glass because it glowed about the color of Vaseline, which is weird. But you can find cut glass like ashtrays and sculptures that glow. And the reason they glow is because they're radioactive. I think I know what you're talking about. It's really neat looking. But
1: it's also like, I don't know if that should be in my home. It'll light your own cigarette. Just, <laughs> right. just hold it against just the hold ashtray it there, Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's take another break here, and we'll talk about where we are now and where we could be headed uh, with gasification. So here's what i found, and this might not even be current. What I saw was that there are currently eight functioning plasma gasification facilities in the world. That's, that sounds about right. Uh, one in Taiwan, one in Japan, one in Canada, one in England, one here in the USA. Where's and the it, one in the U.S.? I uh, think uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Oh, yeah. Um, one in India, one in China. And get this one. There's one on an aircraft carrier. Neat. That the U.S. is using, uh, the idea is that it's a s- little small unit that basically just treats the onboard waste. Oh, that makes sense. So they envision a future where, like, cruise ships have these things. And they don't have just- to just dump all their garbage <laughs> yeah. in the ocean while they're at sea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You treat all the waste, and uh, I guess they could even sell byproducts if they wanted to. Yeah. Um
0: pretty cool. There's one that's supposedly going, I know you saw it was mothballed, right? But there's one that's, that's planned. They have like all of the, I guess, the um, licenses and yeah. certifications that they need to build one in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And it supposedly, it started out um, as it was going to take on a 1,000 tons of garbage a day and put out, um, 30, it was going to generate 67 megawatt hours. Wow. a day, and sell 33 of that. So it would completely power its own operations and still have 33 megawatt hours to put out, like to sell back to the grid. as just more money that this thing's making, right? Yeah. Um, what I saw is that, and I think it was like 2014, um, it, it, it said that it was going to be about 60% of that. So it would take in about 600 tons of garbage and generate a total output of 22 megawatts. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's coming or not, but either way, the thing that got me about this one, Chuck, was that they plan to not just accept landfill waste, but to go out and mine existing landfills and use those things as feedstock. And in fact, there was one in, um, uh, Utashinai, Japan that closed down because they ran out of feedstock. They burned through all the garbage.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. When you're out of garbage. Exactly. So They're you like, have to go get well, more garbage. Well, I guess we'll stop. <laughs> uh, earlier this year, I think um, the world's largest plant um, is, they said it was near completion in May, so it may be done at this point. But a company called Air Products um, began processing 350,000 tons uh, at this facility. Wow. Creating power. Uh, wow. Wait, 350,000 tons? Yeah. It said enough power for uh, 50,000 homes. Wow and uh fifty full time jobs, which is not that many,
0: not for that much, but no, it which would be highly automated, I would guess,
1: yeah, which is sort of good in a way, um but I guess you'd want more jobs created too, sure, it's sort of a balancing act, I guess uh and it cost a uh, half a billion five hundred million dollars um and that is one of the uh that's one of the stumbling blocks along the way, Strickland points out that yeah. anytime you have a new technology. It's going to be super expensive to get going, and everyone's dug in on the, the landfill and how we're doing things now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a lot. It'll get cheaper over time like everything else uh, that's a new uh, new way of doing things. If- and you also have to win over the establishment with with dollars. You have to show them why it'll be better for them financially.
0: Well, yeah, also if if, say, a municipality is kind of like, well – We're not going to close down the landfill, but if you guys want to open one, go ahead. Right. Well, then you have a uh, plasma waste treatment facility and a landfill in direct competition. Mm -hmm. And if you are their customer, meaning you have some garbage that you want to take, you don't care where your garbage is going, probably. You want to go to whoever has the cheaper fees for accepting that garbage. Yeah. Because a landfill is a, kind of an expensive proposition, their tipping fees are going to be high. It's basically the only way they can make money is by right. charging people to deposit their garbage. With a plasma um, waste treatment facility, they're making money all over the place. They're selling slag as paver stuff they're selling rock wool to clean up oil spills they're selling electricity back to the grid yeah so they're making money in all these other ways that can pay for the operation and generate a profit so they could keep their tipping fees low so if you own a landfill and somebody opens a plasma waste treatment facility in the same city yeah you may be in a bit of trouble business-wise
1: yeah keep the tipping fee low and uh And not just people, like municipalities will begin using your services.
0: Ultimately, because I think the one thing that's lacking still is that environmental will. Right. And we're definitely a lot further along than we were when Strickland wrote this article. Sure. But I think that that, that's one of the things that makes it so attractive is we're going to burn your garbage in really, really green, sustainable ways, create energy from it, and we're going to go get your old garbage and burn that, too. Yeah.
1: And make even more electricity. And the plant's gonna power itself with your garbage. Yeah. It's it's a win win-win. win.
0: Win win. Win win win. Win win.
1: So uh Strickland interviewed um he was from Georgia Tech, right? Mm-hmm. Uh a Dr. Cicero. Yes. I'm sorry. Cerce
0: Oh, I thought it was Cicero too.
1: Yeah, it's a mind trick. <laughs> R before C. Um So Dr. Sergio said he envisions a future where you don't just have, like, the big municipality plant. Like, that'd be great and all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you could bring a plasma torch to a landfill yeah. and just bore a hole through it and stick that plasma torch in there, cap it off, and start burning that junk from the inside out.
0: Yeah, but if you're like, well, whoa, 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 there could be a coal seam nearby. What about That's you what know, I thought. What about, <laughs> like, a, a, a Centralia, Pennsylvania, right? Centralia, Pennsylvania caught fire. It, there's a combustion fire going on. If any coal seam was exposed to this, yeah. it would it would just be decomposed into carbon, into its, its constituents. It wouldn't catch fire. That's nothing to do with this. Yeah. Again, so it's actually extremely safe, and the landfill itself would act as the furnace. That's amazing, isn't it? Like it's really tough to think of really intense heat without thinking fire.
1: Right. But
0: that that is not where this goes.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, or uh, Doctor Circeo Circio Circio <laughs> says Doctor de Soleil <laughs> says, "Hey, why not work together here and bring a plasma converter to uh, another existing uh, traditional facility yeah. where they can work hand in hand,
0: like a coal-fired power plant?" Yeah, why not? So, what this would do is, you would just basically stick a plasma facility onto it into the existing infrastructure. And just accept garbage in there and burn that and everything. And then the syngas that's created would be used to help fire the coal fire plants. That's right. Then it would be used for combustion, right? Yeah. And you would be using less coal or less fossil fuels to um, do the same thing, to create steam to spin the turbine. Because ultimately, that's what it all comes down to with electricity. So if you have a... Um, a, a green way to supplement this stuff, all you're doing is using less fossil fuel too. Right. It's also way cheaper because then you're not having to treat the syngas, which apparently is half the cost of a plasma treatment facility. Because these guys have to treat the escaping smoke and everything anyway. So all you're doing is adding actually a cleaner um a cleaner fuel into the fire that's going to ultimately be cleaned down the line.
1: Amazing. And then we talked about um sort of half-joking, but they're serious about decontamination. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an outbreak on your farm and you have a bunch of, uh, you know, sad, but if you have a bunch of sick, diseased, dead livestock, right. just bring out the uh, the P3000, <laughs> 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 throw those cows in there, <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Yeah, maybe
0: grind them up first, too. Yeah, why not? Um yeah, and you can do that with soil as well, contaminated soil. Got an E. coli outbreak in your spinach field? Not anymore. Yeah. Bunch of dirty humans? Not anymore.
1: Just throw them in
0: there. Medical waste
1: of biohazard? <laughs> nope. You've got inert stuff. Yep. A poopy cruise ship? The <laughs> P-3000. The, P- <laughs> P- the whole thing in there at once. I'm kidding about dirty humans, by the way. Why? Go ahead, I ahead not even need to say that. I don't think so. Okay, good. I hope not.
0: You never know, buddy. So that is plasma waste treatment, hopefully the wave of the future.
1: Yeah, we should title this something a little sexier so people aren't like... Yeah, there's a lot of people what? who are to
0: listen to that, because it should.
1: Yeah, because then, like, even people that are super into, like, green technologies will probably be like, oh, I want to learn about this weird science thing. Yeah.
0: How about plasma waste treatment, please listen, signed Josh and Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. It's a little clumsy. We'll work on that. Uh, If you want to know more about plasma treatment facilities or any of that stuff, you can type those words in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since Chuck said sexy, it's time for Listener Mail.
1: I'm going to call this You Guys Got Africa Right. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys, listen to your podcast about female puberty. and was very impressed with the thoughtfulness and sensitivity in which you explained things and gave advice. Um, by the way, we heard from a lot of people on that. Mm. And thank you. A lot of young women, a lot of grown women, a lot of men and dads. Right. Uh, and that one meant a lot. It was really good to get that one right, I think. Um, the one thing that we didn't quite get right that someone has pointed out more than a few times is... Uh, we said boy crazy a lot, and we should have gone out of our way to say like, you know, oh. you, you might also be girl crazy, yeah. or you might not have sexual feelings and thoughts.
0: I wish we had that one back.
1: I know that's you know, I'm, I'm giving us a break on that because uh, we we people know how we feel about that stuff. We just didn't point it out as strongly as yeah. we should have. So,
0: but that's, I mean, that's how things change and improve, though. Is I know. you know, well, we're saying seen. it now.
1: Young young ladies out there going through puberty. You Might like other girls. You might not like boys or girls, uh, and all that's okay too. Yes. All right. Thanks for saying that. So back to this. Uh, probably listened to about two hundred or more of your podcasts. Oh man, you got a long way to go, buddy. Uh, and I'm always He's ha- like, I'm almost to three hundred one. Yeah. Only five hundred after that. Uh, I'm always happy to hear you guys do your best to be specific when you make references to events and countries uh, or geographic regions. What I mean by this is you don't generalize like a lot of people do and say crap, like, in Africa, they blah, 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 or in Europe, it's normal to blah, blah, blah. Uh, When you got to the part of your latest show where you talk about female puberty rights, I was elated to hear you uh, being careful enough to say, in Ghana, there is a village where dot, dot, dot. Uh, The reason for my reaction is that I've lived in the U.S. for 20 years, but I'm from Ghana. There are at least 20 distinct ethnic groups and languages in Ghana alone. Wow. And I know for a fact that the ritual you described is not done in all of them. In fact, I've heard of it, but I don't think it happens anymore. Uh, By the way, the official language in Ghana is English, so we are able to communicate with each other. Uh, Nothing irritates us Africans more uh, than to hear someone start a sentence with, in Africa. (laughs) I bet. Sure. Because, continent that huge? Yeah. Because no one says, well, in North America.
0: No, but they do say, like, in the U.S. or At least it's a confederation of, like, associated states. In Africa, it's like, yeah, you're... You're putting the whole continent in, and it's all these different countries with yeah. all these different cultures.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so thanks, guys, for being so thoughtful and professional. Uh, Eric from Seattle, by way of Ghana, I guess.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Eric. Appreciate that. Thank you. Agreed. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, whether to give us big ups or poo-poo us or... Um, submit some sort of neutral statement that's fact-based, <laughs> who knows? We get it you, does a lot. Yeah. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You can send us an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio.